We are talking about identity through this month. Hello, my name is, and you are a child of God. Say that, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Open your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. You are a child of God, and in being a child of God, we also have the wonderful privilege of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Today I want to talk to you about being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. In Matthew chapter 3, we started here last week. I'll bring it back to your attention. Verse 13, talking about Jesus' baptism. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. He said, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said, so why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After this baptism, Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God, capital S, Spirit of God descending like a dove settling upon him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Or as Thurlow was saying, King James would have said, in whom I am well pleased. So last week we talked about you are a child of God. And, and what I like about this in the beginning of the year is this was a new season in Jesus' ministry, his life. He had gone from being a student, he had gone from kind of being hidden, and now in this moment he was being revealed and he was stepping into the authority of why he had come, the, the outward working of the ministry about why he had come. And so this, this was a transitional, a pivotal moment, and I believe that's where we are in Calvary, which Calvary is not a building, Calvary is people, so amen. So if Calvary is in a new season, that means you're in a new season. If Calvary's in transition into its ministry and its authority, that means you, the people, are transitioning into expression of your authority and all that stuff. And so that's what was happening here with Jesus. You see this transition of one season to the next. And there's two things that happened in this moment that I really believe this month of January is where we're focusing on. And the first one we talked about last week is God identified both publicly to the people but also to Jesus that this is my son and I am pleased with him. That was last week. You are a child of God and God is well pleased. God has transformed you, God has saved you, he's forgiven you, he's given us Jesus' righteousness, he's given us position that we didn't earn, that we don't qualify for. But in order for you to step into your next season, in order for you to become the fullness that God has for you, we have to be able to accept what God has said over our lives. Stop trying to become something that God's already made you. Start realizing who you are and living from that place. You understand what I'm saying there? You, you can't become it. You are it. It's just being introduced to yourself. You don't earn it. You don't buy it. You don't continue to qualify yourself for it. But you can grow into your new shoes. You can grow into this position. And so that's what we talked about last week, is you are loved, you are a child of God, and we want to grow into that this season and, and not keep putting it off to one day when I get to heaven or one day when I'm perfect, I'll be a child of God. No, my friend, you are a child of God. doesn't matter what your circumstances say, doesn't matter how you feel, because sometimes we feel like a child of God and sometimes you don't feel like a child of God, not because God's left, but because your emotions can lie to you. Somebody, do you understand what I just said? Your emotions can lie to you, but it doesn't matter what you feel because the reality of the word says you are a child of God if you've placed your faith in Jesus. But the next thing we want to talk about is where we're going today, and that is Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit in this moment, that there was an anointing that came upon him. There was an infilling that came upon him to go and now do the mission, to go and do the mission because this message is not just about you becoming that child of God, but as children of God, as sons and daughters of God, we have a responsibility in the earth. 
We have a responsibility to be salt, to be light, to be a city on a hill. We have a responsibility to be the expression of Jesus in this generation, to bring God's answers, to bring God's solutions, to bring God's power. You're the only ones in this culture, in this world that are capable of that. Amen. And that's not just pastors and preachers and all that kind of stuff. You're the body of Christ. You, me, all of us, we are the body of Christ. It's not those on a platform. You have a platform, and that's what we're here to talk about today, and you're anointed to be there. Amen. And so we're talking about being filled with and anointed with the Holy Spirit of God. Open your Bibles, if you would, please, to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Let's keep building into this kind of idea of the Holy Spirit in and upon our lives. Now, if you're new to your Bible, we have free Bibles, by the way, in the back and on the sides. The Bible is broken up into books and chapters and verses. And so when I say find the book of Romans and then go to the chapter 8, and then they'll be broken into verses, all right? And that helps you kind of locate kind of where we're going. So we're looking at Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to begin with verse 11. Romans 8, verse 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. I could close my Bible right there and just say, are you kidding me right now? That is awesome. The Spirit of God. Now let's, let's, let's just say, let's say it slower. Sometimes we say things so fast we, for, we don't even hear what we're saying. You have received the Spirit of God. Not a Spirit from God, but the Spirit of God in your life. God didn't just delegate you over to some heavenly spirit, some other spirit from heaven. He personally has come to fill your life. God's spirit, the spirit of God, amen. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And so in this passage, in this verse, the Bible's trying to show you the extent and the power that this spirit possesses that is on the inside of you. And I've said this many times that some of you are new. This same hell-defeating, devil-defeating spirit of God dwells in you. If, I try to wait for you to clap, but then I get excited and I have to keep talking. So I'm gonna over-talk your clap sometimes. If you're gonna clap, get on it. You know what I mean? Like clap, okay? Because I got things to say. If the devil could have stopped one thing in history, it would have been the resurrection of Jesus. But he couldn't. And the same spirit that the devil couldn't stop, if he put all of hell's forces, all of hell's energy, all of hell's strategy and power, all of hell tried to keep Jesus buried, but he couldn't do it. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and defeated all of that strategy, all of that weaponry, all of that dominion that the devil thought he had is the same spirit that lives in you, that lives in you, the child of God. Do not... Look at your outward appearance and say, well, I'm frail, I'm old, I'm young, I'm, I'm, I'm male, I'm female, I'm this tribe, I'm this tongue. To the devil, you look like Jesus. <laughs> to the devil, you look like Jesus. And if you, if you stop talking about yourself, because you're, you, 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 just let him see Jesus and stop talking about you and why you can't do something. Start talking about the Jesus in you because he can do what he's promised. Do you see what I'm saying? 
If you don't open your mouth about you, all the devil sees is Jesus. But when you start bringing you back into it, you begin to put limitations on that the devil didn't know were there because he saw Jesus at first and you talked him out of that. Did you catch what I just said there? I need to get going. That's only verse two of today. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit that lives in you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Praise God. You can say no to sin, my friend. Sin doesn't get to bully you or boss you around, but I'm gonna let Pastor Manny preach that next week, though I could preach it right now because I'm excited. For if you live by the dictates if you live by sin's dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And that's really kind of the crux of what I want to say here today is children of God, you are filled with the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead, and you are good at being led by the Spirit of God. See, the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. This relationship between you and the Holy Spirit, we need to be good at it. We need to be confident in it. We are a Spirit-filled church. I am so glad that we are in a church that acknowledges God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That it's not God the Father is loving and wonderful and God the Son is loving and wonderful and the Holy Spirit is this kind of weird uncle that lives in the living room on Thanksgiving that nobody wants to talk to, nobody wants to talk about him. We're kind of nervous someone will ask about him. We are excited and confident about the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. He, is, he, he fills us. He's a promise in our lives that we've been given. He empowers us. Amen. He, we must be good at this and confident at this because people, they can feel our confidence and our confidence will help them open up to the things of the Holy Spirit. See, if we're confused about the Holy Spirit, if we're timid about the Holy Spirit, it makes them curious and wonder whether or not it's for them. I'm here to tell you, the Holy Spirit is for you. He's for your marriage. He's for raising your children. He's for the business that God has placed you in. He's for the ministry of God in your life, the gifts and the talents, the anointings of God. We must become excellent at using those gifts and talents. It's not just a once a year on the day of Pentecost conversation. This is a constant conversation. We are God's children, and God's children are comfortable and consistently being led by the Spirit of God. This is normal. Conversation about the Holy Spirit, you, being used by the Holy Spirit, this is a privilege that we have as Spirit-filled people of God. Amen. And so I wanted to talk about that a bit today. Open your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. This is where I think our culture is today. Even our church culture is today. There was a time where I think there was a hostility towards spirit-filled churches, people who talked about the Holy Spirit, and maybe rightly so. Maybe we had done some things that were um, in the flesh, and we would say, oh, that was the Holy Spirit. Um, let me tell you this. You never have to be afraid of the Holy Spirit of God because he's the Spirit of God. You don't have to be afraid of God the Father, right? And you don't have to be afraid of God the Son, so why would we have to be afraid of God the Holy Spirit? They're the three in one. Amen? Amen. Think about that. So people who get nervous about going to a spirit-filled church or when we talk about, oh, the Holy Spirit's moving and they begin to get nervous, he's the Spirit of God. You can have peace 
the, amen, you can have peace about the moving of the Holy Spirit of God. It's for your benefit. He's for your good. But in, rather than having this hostile kind of belief against the Holy Spirit in, in the generation, though I think there was that for a time, I think we're kind of in this place in the generations. Now, Acts chapter 19, verse 1. While Apollos, that was a different apostle that was going around preaching, his name was Apollos, was in Corinth. Paul traveled. Paul is the apostle uh, that predominantly uh, shows up in the New Testament. So if you're new to church, that's who these characters are. Paul, uh, who, that, that apostle, was traveling through the interior regions, reached Ephesus. Ephesus is a place on the coast where he found several believers. And he says this to them. He says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them this question. No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. First of all, I want you to see Paul um, meeting a group of believers, and he wanted to confirm, he wanted to be sure that they had been introduced to the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means Paul didn't just say, oh, did you pray a prayer of salvation? Oh, is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Oh, are you going to heaven? He wanted to make sure not only that they were forgiven, but they were filled with power. That's why he would ask the question. And you're saying, they're, they're sitting around having kind of like a, a believer's time together, but he didn't want them to be satisfied with just being saved or just being a believer. He wanted to confirm that they had taken advantage of this promise from the Father that is for all who believe. Somebody say amen to that. He wanted to make sure that they got every advantage as a child of God that they could have, and he wanted to make sure they were empowered with the Holy Spirit of God. And then they said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. That puts a new light on that verse in the Bible that says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. There's things that, it, that you don't know that will hurt you, by the way. Um, you don't know what you don't know sometimes. And for sometimes when we don't look into these things and we don't preach these things, there are generations that don't know that these things even exist. There's anointing for your life as a teenager that not only is it to help you go to heaven, but this anointing is to help you overcome sin as a teenager. This also anointing not just to overcome sin, but to demonstrate the reality of God on your college campus. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You're not in that college alone. You don't need to be afraid of the devil in the college campus because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Come on now. And our college students must be reintroduced to who they are and what's available inside of them and the transformational power that God has placed on the inside of them to go be a force in that university. They fall so in love with God and have such an encounter with the Spirit that nothing in this world could compare. So rather than us saying, hey, don't get tempted by the world, they would look at the world and say, why would I go live such a small life when I live such a big life now in Christ? See what I'm saying? but they may not know there even is a Holy Spirit. Maybe even your own life. You know, you look at your finances or you're going through sickness or you're going through a journey and you think you're going through it on your own, but, but you have access, come on. You have access to the power of God. You have access, you have the ability to kick the devil out of your house and the Holy Spirit flows through your mouth and moves the enemy out of your house. You don't have to call someone else to come kick the devil out of your house. You are empowered by the Spirit of God, but you may not even know that the Spirit is available to you. Do you see this? And so that's where we are. Matter of fact, this was a constant theme in the Apostle Paul's ministry, kind of making sure people realize this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You're going to see it in verse 16. Again, 
He says, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and the Spirit of God lives in you? See, he had to continue to remind people, you're the temple of God. The Spirit of God dwells on the inside of you. He says it again in chapter 6, verse 19. He says it again. He says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourselves. And so Paul's consistently trying to remind people, hey, hey, wake up. You're not just a human being. You're not just a flesh and bone. You are a temple. You've got to take care of that temple. But on the inside of you dwells the Spirit of God. He is there. He is resident. Praise God. This isn't like the Old Testament where the Holy Spirit would come upon someone for one act of greatness and then leave. The Holy Spirit resides with you, dwells with you. He doesn't come and go based on certain moments. He's there. He's there when you feel him and he's there when you don't feel him. Amen. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome. Man. Woo. And I get it, I get it. And this is why Paul has to repeat it to us again and again because it's bigger than we can conceive. That's why the Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has entered into the heart of man all the things that God has prepared. Now that was how Jesus was gonna come, take on flesh, die on the cross, be raised on the third day, but also what he would then turn us into because the gospel wasn't just that moment. That moment created you into someone. Amen. Amen. So it's important to pick up some things from these verses. One, there is a Holy Spirit. Praise God. He is real. Amen. There is a Holy Spirit. And if, he, if he's real, then I suggest we take a journey to get to know him. I suggest you begin to dive into your Bibles and look up any place where the Holy Spirit is mentioned or discussed. Let's become excellent Holy Spirit people. There is a Holy Spirit. That he also, number two, is he is not the Spirit He's not a, just a spirit from God. He is the spirit of God. I want to remember that. I want us to make sure we, we get that in our conscience, in our minds today. Number three, he comes into our lives to help us, not to harm us. He comes into your life to make you powerful, not weird. Amen. Come on. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Go ahead. Let's go there. Let's let the Bible do the, do the talking. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 1 through 7, I won't go through all of those, verse 1 through 7, but if you jump down to verse 4, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does all the works. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other, or the, new, or the King James says, so that we can profit all. Why do I say that? It's because the moving of the Holy Spirit, I am fully convinced and persuaded the moving of the Holy Spirit makes us better, profits us. How many of you like profit? Anybody like financial profit? Anybody like profit? Like four of you? What, the rest of you don't like profit? I'll take yours, praise God. If you don't want it, someone else is going to take it. No, I like things that are profitable. I like to be able to, to do things that have value. And what the, whole, what the Bible's saying here in Corinthians is that all these gifts and things, it's not gifts and services being given just to, 
give them out, but these gifts make us better. These gifts make the church better. These gifts help the church make the world better. Amen. And so it profits all of us as we begin to become excellent and moving in the things of the Holy Spirit and in the functions and in the anointings of the Holy Spirit. Oh, and by the way, that these functions and these anointings don't just remain in services like this, church services. You are the church Monday through Sunday. Amen. You are the church everywhere you go, and those gifts go with you. So it's not like you leave the church and go into the world. No, the church is going into the world. And you bring these gifts to profit them, to help them when they can't touch God, they can't hear God, they can't reach God, but you can be that expression in their world. Isn't that good? Absolutely. But becoming excellent, being well-trained, becoming disciplined people. The whole book of Corinthians is talking about our character it's, it's written, if you go back and you read the book of Corinthians, here's what you're going to see. I'm going to give you Kevin's version, the, the KV version, Kevin's version. The book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians especially, is talking to a spirit-filled church. Because in the very beginning it says that you lack no spiritual gifts talking to that church. And then he begins to lay out some gifts and functions. Uh, he begins to lay out certain operations of the spirit. But then he begins to deal with character and love and people who aren't sharing and people who are living in sin and talking to them about getting rid of sin out of their life and, and building up their personal life. Here's what I love about the book of Corinthians. The book of Corinthians is, is helping anointed people learn how to build the character to sustain and, and live in that anointing. Amen? So that it's not just about, oh, that person's anointed, they have a gift. The Lord is also building our character to be able to stabilize and sustain those gifts long term. Your love walk, the way you treat people, walking in holiness, praise God. So it doesn't matter that you can just prophesy and how accurate it is, but you can have a lifestyle that can be emulated as well and that won't crumble as God uses you in the world. Are you understanding this? Healing people, giving, giving um, expression of the gifts of the Spirit that are profitable. So what I'm trying to say is this. There's this beautiful image in the book of Corinthians of, man, you preach spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit is real, but let's build up that character and become excellent in life and in the power of God upon our life. Amen? Amen. And it's a journey. It's a growth thing. But as a child of God, we have to mature, we have to grow, but not just in character, but also in our gifts and callings and anointings. Because the world doesn't just need you to be loving and nice, the world needs you to be powerful. And God didn't just save you to be loving and nice, God saved you and clean, cleansed you so that you may be filled with his Holy Spirit. Sometimes we just brag on being cleaned and washed like that was the only purpose of God, but he washed you and cleaned you so that you may be filled with a Holy Spirit from his Holy Spirit. So it's, it's all working together. And so the world doesn't need us just to play nice with the other kids in the sandbox. The world needs us to have answers. The world needs us to be the access to the Spirit of God. Amen. But it wouldn't work if we're powerful, but we're super rude all the time. Come on now, there are people who move in the spirit, but you'd hate to hang out with them because they're rude, they're inconsiderate, they're proud, they're living in sin, but hey, there's this anointing on their life so people ignore the sin. These things should not be. Amen? Amen. We can, we can grow both in gifts and in the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. 
We can be super powerful and super character. Come on. We can do both. Praise God. Awesome. Well, we'll keep moving then. Open your Bibles to the book of Daniel chapter 5. Are you getting anything out of this so far? Daniel chapter 5. Let's go to the book of Daniel, Old Testament. I want to show you something. This is my dream. I love this story in the Old Testament. How many of you like the Old Testament? Anybody like the Old Testament? Yeah? Good. You should raise your hand. It's part of your Bible, by the way. Okay. Sometimes I have you raise your hand to see if you're still there. Praise God. Daniel. i got to find my Daniel. Daniel. Normally I have him. Proverbs. Yeah, you try finding a book in the Bible when you have 700 people staring at you. They're like, yeah, you're the pastor. You're supposed to know where these things are. All right. Come on. i got tabs and everything. I'm embarrassing myself. Daniel, I know you're in here. Here you go. You're after Ezekiel, right? Yeah, there. I even had it flagged. How did that even happen? Humility, Lord. I receive it. Daniel chapter 5. Did you find it in your Bibles? I found it in mine. 20 minutes later. You're cheating. You got all digital Bibles. I found it five minutes ago. Daniel chapter 5. I love this story. This is like a dream for me in raising spirit-filled people. And as your pastor, Maria and I, as your pastors, this is our passion, is that you become comfortable with the Holy Spirit. You become excited about who you are in Jesus. You begin to learn your gifts and your talents and your callings. And you live a life of excellence. You live an excellent life. And then things like this happen right here I'm about to tell you, okay? Daniel chapter 5. So let me lay the foundation. There's this king, Belshazzar, right? And he's having this party. So just backtrack again. You might not be used to the Bible, and I try to catch everybody up. Israel, God's people, were taken into captivity to this massive king, evil kingdom of Babylon. And so now they're enslaved, and, and they're in this kingdom of Babylon. Now, years have gone by. When they took Israel captive, they took a lot of the, the leading young men, uh, that looked like they could be trained in the ways of Babylon. They began to train them. Uh, and one of those young men was a guy named Daniel. He had some other friends uh, that, that, that they brought in as well. And you see some of these stories about Daniel in the lion's den, things like that. You might be familiar with some of those stories earlier on in the book of Daniel. So years have gone by. Daniel has established himself as a big asset to Babylon in the past. Okay, so years have gone by. The kings that Daniel served are no longer there. So this is just like a gap here, some distance. And then another king rises up, King Belshazzar. So are we all on the same page? So he's having a big party. He's celebrating his greatness. That's always a wrong place in the Bible to start, celebrating your own greatness. That always goes poorly. Okay, so he's celebrating his own greatness. All of a sudden, in the middle of the party, there is a bodiless hand that begins writing on a wall. Kind of like the Adams family, where there's like this hand that walks around. There's this bodiless hand that begins writing on the wall. And Belshazzar is interested and wants to know, because it's writing in a, in a language he does not understand. And so he says, I would like to know what that means. So would I if I was in his place. If a bodiless hand begins writing something on your wall, my recommendation is find out what it says. It's okay, it's not rocket science. I would do the same thing. So he calls in all of his astronomers, all of his uh, kind of counselors, people like that. They're all looking at these words on the wall. They cannot interpret it. 
They don't know what it says. And there's fear and panic because there's a bodiless hand. Have I said that? A bodiless hand that wrote this on the wall. And so everyone is very, very concerned, as I would be as well. And all of a sudden, in verse 10, the queen mother steps up. Sometimes we all need our mother. But when the queen mother heard that what was happening, she hurried to the banquet hall. She said to Belshazzar, long live the king. Don't be so pale and frightened. There is a man in your kingdom who has within him the spirit of the holy gods. Now, obviously, she didn't understand the one true God, but did you hear this? The queen mother comes in to comfort her son who's upset right now because there's this mystery, this unsolved problem, and she says, don't worry, there is a person in your kingdom in whom there is the spirit of the gods. There is a difference between your magicians, your sorcerers, your black magic advisors. There is someone in the kingdom that's on another level. They have access to insight and revelation that we, no matter how hard we try, no matter with our degrees and with all of our knowledge of Babylon, which is like representative of the world. So when the world's knowledge fails, come on, when the world's knowledge fails and when the experts of the world fail and they don't know how to fix something, they begin to stand up and say, we need a spirit-empowered person, a Holy Spirit, God's Spirit empowered person, right? During Nebuchadnezzar's reign, this man was found to have insight, understanding, wisdom like that of the gods. Your predecessor, the king, your predecessor, King Nebuchadnezzar, made him chief over all the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and fortune tellers of Babylon. This man, Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar, Belteshazzar, has exceptional ability and filled with divine knowledge and understanding. He can interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel. Do you feel that? First of all, if Daniel hadn't lived a life of character before, then he wouldn't be the one being called in this moment. See, Daniel was faithful even among magicians and astrologers and sorcerers. He was faithful to his God. He lived clean, righteously in a fallen world, in a fallen kingdom. He honored God, and God always knew where he was, and there came a day where that fallen kingdom needed him. Amen. Come on now. Any of you ever played with a Rubik's Cube as a kid growing up? Yeah. I probably had about 12 of these. And the reason I had 12 was because I could never get it back to the solid colors. And so my answer was, buy a new one, right? And I would, so I'd, I remember multiple times playing with these things, and there was only two ways I figured out how to get the colors back. Most of you have probably been there. You either break it apart and glue it back together again, or you peel the stickers off and you re-stick them. Come on now, we're God's people. Come on. Let's be honest. Truth will set you free. All of us Rubik's Cube failures. I feel bad saying that. And then you go on YouTube now and there's like six-year-olds that can do this with their feet. It makes me feel real good. But here's what I want you to see. When I would throw this thing into my toy box, after working on it and working on it, there were these thoughts that I'd have. I would throw it into the toy box with this lie 
This, there's no solution. There is no solution. That's, the truth is, there are many solutions. I just didn't know them. Do you understand this? The reason I bring this up is like in this story with Daniel, I love that Daniel was known for solving twisted, and I believe the New American Standard Bible says knotted, like twisting and knotting, like a, like a rope knotted, difficult, challenging problems. And I see that in our world. There are things that are broken. There are structures and systems that are broken. And the knowledge of this world is not going to fix them. The knowledge of the world isn't going to fix them. There are answers. So when people give up on our education system, there's no way to fix it. That's not true. When it comes to the economy, oh, there's no way to fix it. That's not true. When it comes to COVID, there's no way. No one knows. No, that's not true. There's a wisdom. When it comes to our cultures and our social unrest and how do, we, how do we help our country heal and come back together as one voice and one family. It's impossible. No, that's not true. There are solutions. Just because our earthly knowledge has failed doesn't mean there aren't solutions, my friend. You mean to tell me that God doesn't know how to fix his, his world? It's because we haven't been listening to God that our world needs fixing in the first place. But God communicates to this world through his people, through his body, through his anointed school teachers. You understand what I'm saying? So it's important you're a spirit-filled school teacher because you have the access to the throne of grace that nobody else has. You have access to the mind of God that no one else has, and that's through the person of the Holy Spirit, by the way. That is not, it's not, well, I'll go to God and Jesus and I'll just ignore the Holy Spirit. No, no, it's by embracing the speaking of the Holy Spirit because sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. It's embracing the Holy Spirit because he'll be the voice to you from God. So you have to start opening yourselves up to these spiritual gifts and these spiritual things. There is wisdom for your school and God has placed you there to be his hands, his feet. Amen? In the business arena here in Orlando, God has anointed you to be here for such a time as this. He didn't want you to be there 100 years ago or 100 years from now. He wanted you, you, the, who you are, he wanted you here right now. And you have access to his wisdom in that business, in that boardroom. See, sometimes we just limit the moving of the Holy Spirit to altar calls and casting out demons and healing, and those things are important. But after you're healed and your demons are gone, praise God, you have, a, you have a calling. There's an assignment on your life. And sometimes people think being filled with power means God's going to want to then put them on a platform because they have the gift of healing or a gift of wisdom or word of knowledge. Let me tell you something, my friend. God's already put you on a platform, but you're not seeing it. These platforms, there's not enough of these platforms in the world for every spirit-filled person because there's millions of us. Millions. <laughs> I love that. And there's going to be more. Millions and millions and millions. And if everyone who starts engaging in the power of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit are just going to use it on some little small platform in a building, you're missing the point. God has already placed you on a platform, but we have to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Your congregation is much bigger than this house could ever fill. Your social media presence, come on now, the business you work for, the school district you work for, I look for, like I said, my dream is for the day that 
that, that, that these governments of this world or administrations of schools or, or local governments at some point might say, find me a spirit-filled man or woman of God. Find me a spirit-filled man or woman of God because they have access to something that we don't have access to. Now, here's the deal. That's not going to happen just because we go to church and they should know. They, they only know about us what we live well in front of them. So for us to be angry at the world for not calling us to help, that's not on them, that's on us. We haven't been very helpful. Do you see this? The reason Queen Mother could say, go get Daniel, is because Daniel proved himself valuable years and years and years at a time. Faithful. So when we just get on our social media and say, America just needs the church, America just needs to listen to the church, they're only going to listen to us if we've already proven ourselves. We take the first move. We jump into the mess and say, I'm here to help. Not here to criticize, I'm here to help. Are you understanding that? You can't just look at them and say, well, they should do this, they should do that. But if we live right and they begin to get to know our value, then when they get into hot water, they know who to call. Because we've lived this thing out and we've lived it well. But I believe it's possible to be an excellent child of God, filled with the Spirit of God, and that one day people would look to the house of God and to the people of God and say, bring me a spirit-filled man or woman of God. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.